KYW Original Podcasts. From the KYW Studios in Philadelphia, this is Cinema Obscura. We've talked about ghosts and the reanimated dead recently, but it wouldn't be Halloween season without werewolves, so we found a real howler for you. I'm Andre Bennett, joined by Frank Trainer, and this week we're talking about the 1993 horror action movie, Full Eclipse. We got us a problem. What? I saw Guru and his little team of super cops take out at least 50 people. And this is going to sound crazy, but they run some wild drug, and it had them so pumped up they looked like monsters. Really? Yeah. Well, maybe we should put stakes through their hearts, Officer Dyer. How about that? I'm serious, man. I saw what I saw. I think I should write out a report. Detective Guru has requested you be put on special assignment. Under him, it's quite an honor. A career move. I'd think carefully about what I'd say about him if I were you. And, uh, I wouldn't be writing up any reports about monsters. That's Mario Van Peebles starring in this movie. And before we go any further, we've got the host of B-Movie TV's Action Smacked and Joey V Presents and friend of the show, Joey V in the studio. Oh, thank you for having me, Andre. I'm, it's really great to be here and it's great to be back. I love your show and let's talk some movies. Well, last time you were here, Joey, you brought us Road to Revenge and I swear my life changed. That whole thing was a riot. Well, thank you. And I have to say, personally, from that going on, we actually had Full Eclipse on Action Smack. It aired about a year ago and then just aired a few weeks ago again. And it's been well received by fans. And I'm going to take full credit for that one because I suggested it to you. Yes. So (laughs) that one's on me, B-Movie TV viewers. You are welcome. Actually, since you had that on, uh, why don't you set us up a little? Oh, okay. Well, Full Eclipse is a ridiculous yet fun sci-fi action movie. That's at least the way that I would put it. Of course, you just recently said, you know, stars Mario Van Peebles. You know, he directed New Jack City. It also has a woman by the name of Patsy Kensett in it. She was the lead singer in a group called Eighth Wonder when she was younger. And Bruce Payne, who was in Passenger 57. Who is one of the greatest B-action villains ever because he is so amazingly over the top. Yes, Patsy Kensett also is best known here probably for co-starring in Lethal Weapon 2. She was the romantic lead for uh, Mel Gibson who suffered a terrible fate. It kind of happens here too. I guess that was her bag in American movies. Yeah, well, I also know that she was married to Liam uh, Gallagher. Oh, that must have been terrible. Yeah. (laughs) Frank, what did you think? You know, I saw it when it first came out and uh, I liked it. I mean – you had me at Mario. So yes, I think he's a great actor. You know, he's classic, handsome, leading man, good looks, and he can do anything. He can do drama, he can do comedy, and he can sure do horror. And he, he really shows his stripes in this film. I liked it a lot more when I saw it this time at your suggestion. And I didn't really appreciate all of the nuances the first time I saw it. I did this time, and I was kind of laughing at one point. You know, there's so much great stuff. I mean, the music is good. The photography is really good. The uh, special effects, I liked a lot. The body count, I mean, if you had one of those (laughs) ding sound effects, like ding, 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 you'd break it. I mean, the, the, the body count in this film is... High, right? It is. Absolutely. I mean, that first 45 minutes alone, 
people are just dropping like flies. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so this movie was directed by Anthony Hickox, who is best known for directing Hellraiser 3. He also did the Waxwork movies and the sequel to Warlock, Warlock the Armageddon. And it was done for HBO. It was an HBO original. And I remember that when this one was new as well. That's the first time I saw it. It was something that really stayed in my memory, obviously, because we're here talking about it now. One thing that really stuck out to me this time watching it, Anthony Hickox, he's a horror guy. But is it just me or is this movie not all that scary? No, you're right. It's not all that. It wasn't to me. It wasn't all that scary. I got wrapped up in the story more than the gore. And I think he probably went a little bit heavier than maybe most horror film directors do on the plot and the subplots in this. And uh, it's a couple of scary scenes. Well, you know, I used to let my kids watch it, anything. (laughs) So um, I would think that if you had a young teen, this would be perfectly fine for them to see. Yeah. Think of every 90s action movie cliche and then make it incredibly broad, leave out any trace of subtlety and then add werewolves. And that's this movie. And it's amazing. And I loved it. That first gunfight in the nightclub. I was like, this guy had obviously just watched Hard Boiled because the choreography is like, Beyond reminiscent of John Woo. It's aping John Woo, but everything about it just felt like someone who really, really, really loved John Woo and just wanted to make that kind of movie. And it works. It worked for me because it's so out there. It's so beyond. And it's just a lot of fun. You know, Anthony Dennison (laughs) doesn't really show up in a lot of leading man roles anymore but he used to early in his, he, uh, in his career is is a great sidekick yeah. and he he's really become well known on television and i believe as far as people know him i would say probably best from crime story yeah i was yes. going to say that yeah. yeah and my kids loved crime story that was you a know, good show it, it was a great show and he was the lead bad guy in it mm-hmm. And when I saw him playing the sidekick again in this, I thought, oh, okay. And again, I really didn't remember all the details in this. And I just thought, okay, yeah, well, it's a cop movie, I guess, right? I can't really remember. And then then I remembered. And I thought he did a, a great job. I, I wish that he was in more of the film because yeah. I really like him. I think he's a really good actor. And uh, the time he is on screen is great, except this time around, I noticed something that didn't pop out the last time. And that is, again, a lot of the effects are great, but the stunt guy who was doing the stunts for him, jumping from car to car to car oh, yeah. to car, and, I uh, mean, you could tell that. You know, I, I right. noted that. At 1832, obvious stunt double. I have that yeah. in my notes. <laughs> yeah, the, the stunt double was no Yakima Canuck. So we're yeah. going to throw that out there for the folks who know who Yak was, greatest stunt man of all time. I thought that was Dar Williams. Uh, well, for my generation, okay. I think it was Yak. Yeah. Well, I can tell you one thing that I've n- I noticed with the special effects. Whenever they scream, did you ever notice it sounds more like a mountain lion than a wolf? Oh, no, I didn't. I, you know something? I hadn't noticed that. No. And that's, that's an interesting point. I'm going to have to watch that for a third time now. Another thing to notice, Mario Van Peebles' character has a photo of Malcolm X framed in his apartment. Years later, he would go on to play Malcolm X in Michael Mann's Ali. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a cool little piece of trivia. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit more about the story. It's about a cop named Max Dyer, actually spelled D-I-R-E. When I was watching the credits, I'm like, really? Really? 
<laughs> so Mario Van Peebles plays Max Dyer and Anthony Dennison plays his partner Jim. Jim gets killed in the line of duty right before he's supposed to get married and planning to leave the force. As soon as he was talking about getting married and leaving the force, I knew yeah. that he was going to bite it. Actually, no, he doesn't die because some cop walks into his hospital room and injects him with something. The next day, he's up and about, and Max doesn't know what's going on. I mean, he's, he's glad to have his partner alive, but there's this other action scene, this chase, where, like you said, Jim starts jumping across cars and chasing down. Like, it's nuts. And that scene is also just, like, wild. Yeah, it is. It's, it's tremendous. And there's a, there's, you know, a ding, 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 ding. The body count is there yes. as well. So that scene happens. And then it subverts expectations because you would think that Jim would have died, like, immediately in that first scene. But instead, he actually shoots himself in a police bar in front of Max. And so Max is, like, wondering what just happened. He's distraught. And then he meets Lieutenant Adam Garou. Again, no subtlety because Garou is French for wolf. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I love it. Uh, And then that's Bruce Payne, who is marvelous. If you've ever seen him in, again, Passenger 57 or the Dungeons & Dragons movie (laughs) or Highlander Endgame. I got such a kick out of this. I just love seeing Bruce Payne in anything. He does a good job of containing creepy. Yes. He's very creepy. Yeah. And you can tell he's having so much fun. Like he just enjoys just being this menacing, terrible person, even though he's not supposed to be because he's a cop. But you can tell this guy is sinister. And for me, after I sized him up, I was really keeping – a close eye because I forgot all about uh, Patsy's character, but you know, when the blonde with the pretty blue eyes shows up, well, you know, something's up. She becomes very important to the rest of the plot, but I completely forgot about her because I, I guess all of her time on screen doesn't amount to all that much. When you, when, if you time her on screen, there's not a whole lot. Yeah. Yeah. But what's, what's, what her what's scenes are is pretty important, but you know, when you see, I don't know if they had some sort of contacts on her eyes to make them even deeper blue than they were. But the way it was shot, her blue eyes just jump out at you. Mm -hmm. I just thought, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh, Mario's in trouble now. So Dyer meets Guru, and Guru invites him to what he implies is a support meeting for cops who've been through trauma. But really, he's gathered this group of cops, and they have— started taking the serum that gives them super strength and senses and speed and reflexes and agility. But there's a downside to it because as you can probably tell from what we've been saying and the title of this movie, they're werewolves. (laughs) (laughs) This movie is great. I am so glad we watched this. But they're not uh, Lon Chaney Jr. werewolves. They're, no. They're modern-day werewolves. Yeah. And I, I remember the first time I watched it, I was thinking, what are these guys? I yeah. didn't actually know that they were werewolves until way deeper into the film. Yeah. So I was looking for it and looking for it in this. And for the folks who are listening now and want to see it, is there a point that they should definitely sort of heighten their senses as they're watching because – Things happen that predict the rest of the film. I would say it would probably be when both Patsy and Mario get together because her face changes. You're right. And that's that's the moment. And not only her face, 
but you see like the claws come out of her yeah. knuckles. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. like her, her muscles in the back like start to like hunch up and Yeah. It's pretty great. Pretty crazy. And then Scott Paulin shows up as like a drug lord. Scott Paulin was the Red Skull in the Albert Pion Captain America movie from the nineties. And he also co starred on the T V series Prophet, which is one of the great underrated television shows of all time. You should seek that out on DVD because it's wonderful. He's in here. Jason Begge is one of the cops. Paula Marshall, she's one of the cops. Dean Norris from Breaking Bad plays one of Max's friends, and he's like on 11. Every scene he's in just is like that annoying buddy. Everyone in this movie is on 11, and Mario Van Peebles is so good. Yeah, and it just all works. It, it did for me, especially the second time around. I really appreciated it a lot more than I think I did the first time I saw it. I know I did. It's a fun ride. It's a quick movie. Yeah. I didn't even know how many minutes the, the movie ran, but uh, I was looking for more yeah. at it's the a, end. It's about an hour and a half. So he calls them the bionic X-Men. But the outfits they wear in the movie are pretty much like the X-Men. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, <laughs> They're yeah. like comic book yeah. superhero yeah. outfits. Yeah, and, and I didn't realize that the first yeah. time I saw it. You know, I, I chuckled to myself when he said it watching it the second time. And, you know, for people who are computer geeks, you'll get a good laugh out of the Apple computer. Oh, the very antiquated. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yes. The, the old floppy disk style. And there's a lot of neat things that you'll pick up as you're watching this. And, you know, if you're really into music and light and dark and shadow, they really do a good job of all of that here. The cinematography, I thought, was very overactive. With just all of all of the whooshes and every scene, there's like a zoom or some kind of really fast dollying or slow-mo. This movie has an overabundance of style to the point where it has no real style. Ooh, that's good. That's, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's deep. If everything is just turned up and you're just using all these tricks, then are you going to burn out the audience? Maybe sometimes you just want to slow it down or maybe you want to have a scene that's a little more static just to give a breather. Everything in this movie is so intense. We have another clip. This is where Lieutenant Guru gets a visit from the chief. I've been hearing lots of talk about safe streets, Guru, but I haven't seen results. Apart from that takedown at the beach party the other night. Change takes time. I've got nervous people in City Hall with another one of Teague's arms deals going down at the docks in a few days. They want results. I get results. My way. You knew that going in. Talk to PD in Dallas, Miami, Detroit. Ask them if their cities weren't safer when I was done. I don't care about them. I care about L.A. Let's hear it for Bruce Payne's amazingly, deliciously awful American accent. Yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> It's so fake. It's amazing. He's he's so good at just being terrible. And then he explains that he came from France, which wouldn't make any sense either because the French don't have an accent like that either. Yeah, that's true. His accent isn't French. It sounds like he's tr almost trying to do a New York accent and it's just not quite working. Even though this movie takes place in L.A. and I, I would imagine he would kind of switch it up depending on the locality. But then again, who knows? Maybe I'm just putting too much thought into this. Bruce Payne, it's interesting to note, he was actually, early in his career, he was cast in a stage production by Stephen Burkhoff. He was that B-movie supervillain of the 80s. 
He's the bad guy from Beverly Hills Cop 1. He's one of the bad guys in, I believe, The Living Daylights. Uh, he's the bad guy in Under the Cherry Moon. He's been in so many movies as that Euro villain. And Bruce Payne was kind of like his heir apparent. So it's interesting that their careers did intersect early on in Payne's timeline. Oh, that's pretty cool. And, of course, Mario Van Peebles, son of the legend Melvin Van Peebles. Like you said, super underrated yeah. as an actor yeah. and director. Yeah, and he, he's got kids now who are actors, Mario, I believe. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I've ever seen anything that he's done that I said, ah, that kind of stunk. Because whenever he's in something, he just fills the screen. He's a great actor. And like I said, he's got classic leading man, good looks, and he can play everything. I mean, you know, in this uh, he he's dramatic. He's a little funny. He's a little creepy, and he can do it all. He really can. So, Full Eclipse is out of print, to my knowledge, but you can find the DVD on Amazon pretty easily. It isn't available on digital or streaming services, but maybe you could find it on YouTube. Maybe, 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 maybe. maybe. Yeah. maybe. Or I have a better idea. You could watch Action Smacked and Joy V Presents on B-Movie TV. There you go. Yeah, all right. You said before you ran that again uh, recently? Yeah, like two weeks ago. What we do is during the Halloween season through the entire month of October, we do nothing but horror movies. So even my action movies I run on Action Smacked have horror elements to them. And I got to tell you, this was a perfect film for that this season and everything. Yeah. It's just awesome. Yeah, it's a great action movie. And it has classic horror movie monster, werewolves. And it's a unique spin on that. It is. It is very clever. It's kind of comic booky. Again, you know, it feels almost like they're riffing on X-Men here with the costumes and just the whole concept of this elite group of vigilante super cops. Feels like Youngblood or something like that, you know, like something from Rob Liefeld. Yeah. I'm super glad that you took my suggestion, and I'm glad that we could all revisit this. Yeah, so am I. I'm glad I could share my experience watching it for the second time with you guys and the audience. It's well worth your time. Thanks, Frank. And Joey, thank you for coming back to the show. Oh, thank you for having me. Where do we find you again? Uh, you can find me on the Roku channel, B-Movie TV. It's a free channel. Uh, you have to look for it. Uh, search for it. It's only on Roku. Our shows are on Thursdays at 10 p.m. Those are our reruns. And our new shows are 8 p.m. on Saturday nights. You can find me on Twitter. Just go to Action Smacked. And we also have a Facebook page, too. Action Smacked. Before we go, a reminder that you can join the conversation on Twitter at Pod. We're ready for your comments and questions about this episode and previous episodes. Thanks again, Joey and Frank. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you. Cinema Obscura. And I'm Andre Bennett with Frank Trainer. Cinema Obscura is recorded and produced at the KYW Studios in Philadelphia. You can find this and other KYW shows on the Radio.com app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Thanks for listening.